I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. What makes someone a Jew? Some might say, I'm a Jew because I believe in Judaism and I feel Jewish. But to many, including most Orthodox and conservative rabbis, that's not enough. Some might say, I'm Jewish because I've been converted. But the state of Israel, for example, doesn't recognize Jews who were converted by reform and conservative rabbis. And to many, even those who converted by the most stringent of laws are not really Jews and referred to as Megulyal, or converted. But some people choose to take their own path, disregarding what others think and pursue their dream with all their might. Francis Wilson is undoubtedly one such person. Wilson is an African-American from Hawaii who converted to Judaism and now came for one year of teaching and volunteering in Israel. Winner of several beauty contests, Francis's path to recognition in Israel is not without struggle. And she's joining us today to talk about why she came here and the bewildering choice to join one of the most exclusive and often loathed religions in the world. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. So I guess maybe that'll be our first question. Why? Why did I <laughs> decide to come to Israel? Why Why come to Israel? Yeah, why Why convert? I guess those are two different questions, but so let's why merge convert? them into one. Um, let's start with why I came back to Israel. So I'm in love with Israel. Wait, back? So this is not your first time? No, I was on Tag Leap Birthright in 2014. Oh, okay. Of course, that's when you're supposed to like fall in love with Israel yeah. and want to come back uh, and make Aliyah and all that stuff. That's where and they give you the Israel drug. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And so after that, I was like, well, I'm not going to get to make Aliyah. What else can I do? I'm a teacher. I can teach. They need teachers. I'll teach. So um, I actually was going through my emails and I saw an alumni email from Birthright and it talked about the Talma program. And I said, wow, let me look into this. And doop, doop, doop. and I applied. And several weeks later, I got in and it was like, perfect. And the Talmud program is a program to bring people from abroad to teach in Israel? Yes. So the Talma program is a teaching fellowship. Uh-huh. Um, you don't necessarily have to be like K through 12 or anything. I'm a Montessori preschool teacher. And so there are a lot of us from the U.S. and Canada who come just for the summer. But like me, people like me who have done the summer program, they want to stay for the entire full year, which is the Talma 2.0 program. And so right now there's only um, the the Mitzbay Ramon location. Um, so yeah, you'll be spending a great year in Mitzbay Ramon, which is very different from Honolulu, but I'm excited. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've it's been kinda there like once. It's kind of like a tiny little Grand Canyon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not so grand. The not, we call it the not so grand canyon. But I'm looking forward to it because it, it's going to give me a way to really meditate on some things that I need to do for an entire year. I don't have to pay for housing or have, you know, bills like that because Tama takes care of you from the minute you put in your application to the moment you arrive in Israel to the moment you leave and then yeah. even afterwards. Peace of mind. Yeah. So I was never worried like, oh my gosh, like where am I going to stay or am I going to eat? Like mm-hmm. they surround you with services and there are lots of other people who are on the program as well. So I got to ask how, because you don't hear about too many African-American Jews living in Hawaii. Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? 
So I'm originally from Fresno, California. Okay. And I decided to move to Hawaii last year because here's the thing. I move around a ton, a lot. And so since I graduated high school in 2007, I've been all over the place, all uh -huh. over the world. And I said, okay, if you're going to like stop and like plant yourself, you have to plant yourself somewhere that you can explore and that you'll love and that you'll never get tired of and maybe go on to the next place. Like you can always travel, but you need to like plant yourself somewhere. And I asked myself, where would that be? And it was Hawaii. So I moved to Hawaii last July, August. To Honolulu? Mm-hmm. And right on Waikiki, right next to the Hilton Hawaiian Village, because I wanted to be in all the action. And um, That's amazing. I fell in love with it, of course. And so right when I kind of planted myself, I got the notification that I had been accepted to the Talmud program. So I would be a Hawaii resident by one year mm -hmm. at this point, but... Um, and and yeah, you managed to de to do the contest there? That's no, so actually, <laughs> I have four titles um, that include Miss Central Valley, Miss Black California, Miss Black Florida, and Miss uh, United States of an African Diaspora pageant. But wow. I pay homage to... That's a niche to... one. But, but let's talk about your background and how, how you came about to... You, you converted. Yes. Right. So how that came about and what brought you to it? So I, let's see, how do I start this off? Because it's, it's very, when did you first very feel deep. Jewish? I first told myself that I was Jewish in 2010. I was like, okay, I know I'm not converted. I know it takes, you know, a long time. It's a process, but I'm going to start living how I want mm -hmm. right now. And that was in 2010. And it wasn't an overnight thing. It happened over, you know, two years or so because you know at the time i was still christian and even though i didn't believe in everything in christianity it was very hard to leave because that's all i knew my whole life so mm -hmm. to go from one religion to another it's still a work in progress at that time and so there was this weird middle portion where i kind of believed in a little bit of both for <laughs> like six months or something like it was this weird thing where i was fighting against the, the current of what i wanted to do next and but what brought you to that current? Like, what what kind of started the 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 whole studying process? I, I what, studied what? religions a lot, but um, you studied theology, or you just kind of read as a, I read on the about side? many religions. However, yeah. because I was Christian, I felt compelled to read more about Judaism, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, you know, if we're all Christian, and a lot of the Bible has to do with like Jews where did the break come from? I always wanted to study, like, why aren't Christians Jews? It never really clicked for me, and I never really got an explanation. But a good I question. did my own research, <laughs> and I just decided, like, this makes total sense for my life. Mm -hmm. Like, this is fabulous. How did it make sense? Just, it, there's so much responsibility to self and community, not to say anything about any other religion. But for Judaism and for me, I thought... This is the way to go in terms of, let's just give for an example, um, Rosh Hashanah mm -hmm. and Yom Kippur. Those are times of atonement. And to actually apologize and ask for forgiveness from people that you hurt. And it's not just about, um, you know, praying it away or, or, or doing something else. Like in order to kind of wipe that slate clean, you really have to do 
a lot of work on yourself. A lot of introspection. Yeah. Whereas in Christianity, you're kind of like you you have a clean slate from the get go because mm-hmm. someone you know died for our sins, so we're we're right. our, we don't need to worry about forgiveness as much. And there's a there's a lot there. Um, yeah. That's just one big thing for me, um, which is weird to say because I still have a lot of friends and and people who are special to me that are Christian, but for me, this was my mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. And um, I knew that if I were to have a family one day, that's the path that I would want them to be on. And I would want to marry someone who's Jewish because why do all this? And then like not marry someone who's Jewish. It's yeah. kind of like, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, how did your parents, let's say, uh, deal with it when you first uh, came um, out of the Jewish closet? <laughs> it, it, I don't think it surprised them much. I've done a lot of, of things that are off the beaten path, I yeah. would say. And so they had known that I had, been reading and had my own ideas of who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And, um, it really wasn't a surprise. It was just like, Oh, all right. Well, at least go it, ahead. At least you're not Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh goodness. That tickled me. That um, would be, yeah, yeah, that would be problematic. <laughs> I'll, I'll say my, my family is not, made up of one single religion there's christians mormons yeah. jews now there's a little bit of everything yeah. so that's kind of funny at least you're not a scientologist that <laughs> yeah one, okay. i can get on board with that so okay so you you decided you told your mm-hmm. parents they were kind of like okay we know you're wacky yeah so we 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 get it and then, uh, how what was the process like? Like, I guess through what organization or through what I guess stream of Judaism did you start the process, and mm-hmm. what was that like? The process was daunting, um, and it's daunting even today. But for another reason, um, because I still, in some ways, feel like I haven't finished converting to some people. They don't recognize me as Jewish, and so there was a time where I always felt like I had to prove myself. Um, but to answer your question, what was your question again? <laughs> what, what stream did you did, oh, like? Did you convert right. through? What was the master okay. plan? My master plan was to go to an Orthodox rabbi, and convert to Orthodox Judaism, and then live my life as an Orthodox woman and have Orthodox children with an Orthodox husband and have an Orthodox life. Um, but that didn't happen because they denied me like a lot, <laughs> and it was really hard even if I was going to convert. So let's say, you know, they want you to live next to to the synagogue, which can sometimes in the U.S. be in a very expensive area. It's not a place where students can usually live or they have like a lot of different things that financially weren't feasible for me. They make it really hard. They make it very hard. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like they kind of like it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean... There, it's not supposed to be easy, but it's it's not supposed to be a financial hardship either. Yeah, it's not supposed to be impossible. Right. And so I went to conservative rabbi, I went to a reform rabbi, and they were definitely more open. And um, at the time, I was living in Bakersfield. This was in 2013. And I found 
a woman rabbi who visited my synagogue because we're a very small Jewish community in the city of Bakersfield. And we got to know each other and we developed a relationship and she's the one who said yes. Mm-hmm. And I did my mikvah in Los Angeles and I still talk to her th- to this day. Of course, we're still close. And she this was in, in this was in 2013. 13. So I finished my conversion in 2014. And in, t- and in 2010, you, you decided yeah, so you're going to be Jewish. It took a long time. How old were you b- then? How old was I in 2000? Oh, hold on. Two- I don't remember. You're making me do math. <laughs> okay. <I forgot. laughs> no, like, uh, were you already was, grown up or a teenager? I was definitely, like, 20, okay. I'd have to say. Because I remember um, where I was. So I was definitely, like around 20 years okay. old 21 okay okay yeah. and then uh, but just to make it clear because i don't know if we have conservatives here in israel it's there's a very a growing, american there's thing. a growing like uh, there's a great area there's a no there's a growing community i think of community of conservatives and reform in israel we have there's reform. like a movement actually uh it's they're unified here Ah, I, see. I, I see what you're saying. Conservative and uh, like there's no distinction. No. Yeah, maybe not. Like what is the distinction? What is the difference? Sorry for my ignorance, yeah. but what so, is the difference? The difference is that um, with reform, they believe that Torah is supposed to almost, you know, change with the times and to fit your lifestyle. That's the best way that I can describe it. Whereas conservatives, they believe that, yes, the Torah is divine and it's living and breathing, but we can meet somewhere in the middle. Um, now, if you look at the progression, you think from orthodox to conservative to reform, like that's the timeline of their founding. But um, I think reform was actually founded prior to c- the conservative movement, and the conservative movement was a pushback mm-hmm. on, I guess, the liberalism of the reform movement. Mm. And they wanted to bring back some traditional. So, what values. did you have to do to convert? Um, so you have to meet with your rabbi, of course, you study, you have a lot of exams, um, usually it's in a group. They ask you questions like, who was Moses? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are they? Some some basic Jewish history, you know, um, but you're in a group typically, or sometimes you're alone and you're going through classes. You're going through classes for a year, just like Judaism one-on-one. But you're being tested. So mm-hmm. you have like grades? Not grades, but they'll like go over things with you that maybe there's maybe gaps in, and they see where you may need help understanding. But typically everyone's just on the same page because okay. this is something that we've studied before and we've brought knowledge to the table as well. So mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of us, it was a review. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think some of them are even called like Judaism 101 classes. That's like <laughs> a basic class with the rabbi. You might go and meet at the Federation or at the synagogue with them. And I'd probably take fail the that class. class. <laughs> yeah, me too. Would, yeah. They'd be so, like, you're not so Jewish anymore. So you learn about the holidays. You learn about uh, Israel, of course, the traditions, the life cycles, all of those different things. So. Okay. And did you realize the struggle that this path um, would would will tell yeah. yeah for you I when mean, you I, took this path. I heard about it from like other converts and things doing my research and talking to people but you never really know because each person's story is vastly different um but it was it was difficult in a lot of ways just from a race perspective and I hate putting race into everything but 
people put race into everything and then I have to kind of Mm -hmm. work through that. Um, So there was that component, but that's been happening from, from all my life to now. And so it's, it's became kind of interesting when I'll say if I'm in a Jewish space Mm-hmm. at an event or something and i see here or abroad abroad okay especially in an american context because that's mostly what i'm talking about but if i go into a jewish space and i see someone there i'm gonna assume that they're jewish until i hear otherwise and then it's kind of not gonna really matter you know whatever um but that doesn't happen for me like people don't assume that because i'm in a jewish space that i'm jewish too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they assume you're a visitor or I'm an employee of someone uh-huh. or that I'm like helping out or yeah, right. something like that. And I've had people ask me, like, even though I'm a very active member in my synagogue, I used to go to Shabbat every Friday and I was on Hadassah and I did all the stuff. Like I would have people that never showed up to anything come and ask me. They're like, are you Jewish? Like, how are you here? Like, are you a visitor of someone? I'm like, how about you show up to something and then you'll know who I am. You know, it's just like very strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a weird way to start a conversation. It's like yeah. clearly they're starting the conversation for a reason. Because it's almost like a sense of entitlement. Like yeah. I need to know who you are. I need you to show me yeah. your conversion papers. Like it doesn't get that deep, but that's what it feels like to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you just like back up so I can like yeah. do my Jewish thing <laughs> in peace? You know? So, okay, so what brought, so you came to Israel with this teaching uh, fellowship, but beforehand you were here with Birthright. Yeah. And and how did that go? I mean, because I know that, like, in Israel, to make Aliyah is probably a problem. Yeah. As far as, like, how you converted. Yeah. But Birthright, there's not that same no, issue. No, Birthright is definitely more lenient. They're the, they're the more liberal interpretations of... Um, so is the it, community. do they have like, they have conservative uh, converts, of course, but also reform? Oh, yeah, they have everyone. Okay. And even there's, there's people on the trip uh, who I went with whose dad was Jewish and not their mother, but they mm-hmm. were still considered Jewish and they were able to go on the trip. So there was a, a big mix. Now, mm-hmm. they had their own issues because they felt like an outsider, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I never really, you know, somebody asked me this the other day, one of their... Uh, writers ask me, you know, have I faced any discrimination or anything like that? Well, I've been in Israel. It's only been two times and each time has been in a professional bubble. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the average, you know, concerns or anything of an Israeli who's of African descent. Yeah. So, but what about, so did you ever attempt to make Aliyah or to look into? Yeah. So oh, how yeah. Yeah. Did- from that must have been frustrating so after i converted like right after i was like what do i gotta do because i gotta get back there right mm-hmm. um and then they said well you have to wait nine months to a year i said well, wow that's a long time i don't know where in the torah it says that but sure i'll wait for <laughs> nine months to it's a like year. pregnancy yeah so <laughs> i waited Judaism. and then i like right on the anniversary of like nine months i put my application in and paid the fees and all that and then it went on forever and ever. And then I quit. And then I tried it again and it went on forever and ever. This is application for a visa? Or yeah. For, or I, I first applied with um, Nefesh Benefesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you applied with Nefesh Benefesh to make Aliyah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, yeah, yeah. This, there's this whole backstory. But basically, 
I quit the application process in 2016 because I finally was able to have someone tell me what was really going on. And they said, you know, um, you took an internship right after your conversion. So you didn't stay in your community within the nine month period. So you can't make Aliyah number one. Number two, your conversion isn't accepted. So I was like, but how can I change time? Like I needed that internship. Like I can't just, yeah. What do I do if, if like, what do I do? They wouldn't tell me. So they wouldn't give you any recommendation. They, they didn't want to say you have to do an Orthodox conversion or this is who you should talk to. But they were like, yeah, no, this is a no for us. <laughs> <laughs> like on American Idol, it's a no for me, dog. So, oh God. Yeah. So, and, and since then that. you haven't, you haven't applied no. again or anything like that. Is there, is there a rule that you can't or that you, can you apply as you many can, times? Absolutely. As, I guess you can apply as many times as your heart desires. Yeah. But they're just not gonna, yeah. the policy's not going to change. And so that's why this Tama experience, I said, you know, you're beating if, the system first of all, by doing that. <laughs> So in the their most, face, that's the most Jewish you can be. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if I'm not going to get to live, live in Israel, I'm just going to live in Israel for a year and I'm just going to do some teaching, get some experiences in. And that's pretty much all I can do. Like I can only contribute to those who will allow me to invest in them and who will invest in me. But I can't work with those who don't see me. I refuse to anymore. Yeah. It's a waste of energy. I could give that energy to people who want it. Yeah. So how has it been, the experience of teaching here? Israeli children, they're they're a mess. (laughs) It's been amazing. Yeah. It's been great. There's been some difficult times, but it's been difficult because it's an adjustment for me. I'm a preschool teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm not by trade an elementary teacher. And I've been working with fourth and fifth grade. And that was the youngest of the groups. Um, that goes up to eighth grade, I think. Where do you for, Where do you work, and what? Ah, in uh, Ben Shemin. In Ben Shemin Youth Village, which okay. is like heaven. Really, it, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I love to camp. I'm a camper, and this felt like three weeks of camp. It was so <laughs> beautiful, and they have really good food. So is it's a it's like a it's a youth camp. Uh huh. It's not an actual t- like Ben Shemin isn't an actual uh, town or uh... no. It's like um. It's like a Kvaliyarok or whatever? Yeah, it's like a half village, half... But, like, everybody for, lives there. So, like, all of the but staff But it's for who kids with past, with yes. dark past. Ah, they, at, they youth, have, at, ri- at risk youth? Yeah, at okay. risk for one reason or another. Um, okay. Either by court order or by volunteer they come. Right. Um, I wish that we had something like that available in the U.S., but we don't. It, yeah. it just won't happen. I think this is uniquely Israeli. Mm-hmm. what's happening in Ben Shemin and the director is amazing and I couldn't have picked a better location it sounds really though that of. it's challenging I mean if it's at risk children it it's a challenge um how was your first lesson there you go in the first few minutes were mayhem <laughs> it was like okay and I have I have receipts because I have pictures of them like standing on the chairs and on the tables <laughs> You just took out your phone and... I was like, okay. Selfie. All right. Selfie time. But no, I wouldn't say that it calmed down, but we definitely got acclimated to each other over the three weeks. And I also had an Israeli co-teacher 
So we tried not to translate too, too much for them, but it was hard because there's just some basic things that I wanted to get before I could even start to teach them the lesson because Mm -hmm. it was um, a very beginner's level English that I was teaching. So you're teaching English. Yeah. Do you speak Hebrew? Like, like birthright English, like Sababa and Shalom. (laughs) Bamba. Yeah. You know Bamba. Like the like the tasty treat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But my kids have been teaching me Hebrew like a little bit, so I like I know how to say sugar. I think it's like sukkah or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, there you go. I'm getting there. I'm gonna All be right. fluent by the time I leave because Tama is giving us Hebrew classes, so I'm gonna be like one of use by the time I leave. Nice. So, yeah. but it's gotta be tough though without Hebrew to talk to it these is. kids. You it just is. gotta like because... grunt at them and point in directions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean no, that that's the best like language children understand anyway. So no, the best no, language is, is no. slapping. I'll tell you the best <laughs> language is is dancing like a crazy person and yeah. candy because yeah. all of a sudden when I give them cookies or candy they know how to like read the directions of baking in English and I'm yeah. like who are you? How yeah. did you acquire this? Yeah, like they're the best. I wish I could have talked to them more in depth about how they were feeling and what was kind of going on mm-hmm. inside their heads. Cause I could see it, but I couldn't really get to it. And so that's probably one of the things that has made me feel kind of isolated here is mm-hmm. like, I'm not typically in a position where people are talking about me and translating something for me. And I have no idea what they're saying. And I'm just like, somebody please help me. <laughs> I, it's vulnerable. You know, I feel right. very vulnerable yeah. in that, in that way. Um, yeah. Barely made it here. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like I was on the move it application. I was like, I don't know the buses. I don't. I don't know anything. I'm not usually this helpless. I'm an independent woman, so this is very strange for me. This is as independent as you've been in Israel, <laughs> though. I'm saying, like yeah. when you yeah. were a birthright, they take you everywhere. Right now, you're basically on like your own, kind of not birthright at all. This is yeah. like we're here to work, and you know we have fun and stuff like that, but we're not ripping and running the country mm-hmm. like, how are the other do the other teachers are they more uh, i don't know maybe they have hebrew or so there are 166 participants for this summer's program and at ben shemin there were eight of us total mm-hmm. a lot of people have a great grasp of hebrew they speak it fluently or they've been here before or they have that family background uh, which is a great advantage mm-hmm. um so it goes from everywhere from people like me <laughs> To people who can speak Hebrew fluently, so yeah. So you, but you interned. You spoke about the internship yeah. slow, uh, shortly before, but you interned with with Obama, right? Yes. Or is that another I fake was, news item? No, that is Israeli real. Media? That's real. <laughs> That's real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so no, fake. no, in 2015, I became a White House intern for the Obama administration. That's amazing. One of the proudest moments of my life. So how so. long was that internship? That was a 15-week internship from January to May. And Okay, and what do you do during the internship? Like, what does that mean to be a White House intern? So, out of 5,000 applications, I think 143 were chosen. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, and so we all got to pick our different offices that we would work in. Mm -hmm. We had a a say in it, but um, the offices also got to choose their interns, so... I applied for the Office of Presidential Correspondence, and that's a huge office. It includes um, correspondence by phone call, email, letters, 
and gifts to the president and the first lady. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a very dynamic office. A lot of people that I met that I'm still friends with today. Um, As you could imagine, a lot of us are all type A personalities or recovering perfectionists or something to that Mm -hmm. effect. Like people like Obama? (laughs) Obama's the opposite. He's like, cool. He's so cool. Michelle's so cool. Like, I just, I love them so much. Um, (laughs) Wait, so is the the correspondence, it's like from the American public, like letters from the public to the president? Or any kind of correspondence? And I remember... um, yeah, so letters to the president, mostly. Um, yeah. And I remember he used to pick 10 letters every morning to read. And the Office of Correspondence and the interns would be a part of that process. So we would read through the letters and we would send off the ones that we thought he should really hear. I mean, there was there was thousands that he should really hear, mm-hmm. but there are some that stick out the most. And uh, those would get to his desk. Um, and Did you get to meet him? Of course, yeah. Oh, wow. There were many opportunities to be able to see him and meet him. and um, But I took those, you know, um, I didn't want to just snatch out my camera or do anything like that. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. you just don't need to take a picture. Sometimes yeah. you, you just need to cherish the moment, live in that moment, and just be there. And yeah. it's like, I'm with the President of the United States. Like, right. what is my life right now? I wonder yeah. how many people uh, applied for an intern to the Trump administration, right? It's like <laughs> out of two, two applicants, <laughs> four were forced to work there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went and I looked on um, the White House website at the different interns that he had. And it's a very, each administration has the power to choose their own interns. It looked like a very different class of interns. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they you all can look see like... that. You can, <laughs> you can see that from the Bush administration or whoever, but I thought we had a great uh, class. So that's amazing. Yeah. So you would show up to the White House? Yeah. And it was crazy. every like that was your. Because, like, you look outside and you're like, holy moly, like, I work here. Like, you can't that's crazy. get tired of it. Like, sometimes you're doing things that are daunting or you have a lot of work. Like, our days started at 7.30 sometimes, and we wouldn't leave until 6.30. There were so many events, like the um, Easter egg hunt on the White House lawn. There were volunteer events where, you know, the president's speechwriter would come and talk to us, or the White House pastry chef, or the photographer, like, all these people behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. um, it was a lot, but you never took it for granted. Like Mm -hmm. you just, you can't take something like that for granted. And even the volunteers who I worked with, because we have, of course we have interns, but then we also have volunteers who there's so much information to absorb from them because they've worked for previous administrations for years. They've been White House volunteers for, you know, 15, 20 years. And that's after they left, you know, the CIA or wherever they were, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're sometimes they work in government and then they just want to come and, yeah. volunteer their time and have their coffee and sit. Yeah. so so what's next on uh, on the agenda for francis wilson <laughs> so um <laughs> my next big goal is to finish my master's in education with curriculum and instruction specialty finish my montessori credentials and open my own montessori Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Montessori, they don't have, I feel like, uh, Montessori style. Montessori is like where basically the teacher takes a step back and the kids kind of teach themselves, right? Yeah, it's very right? independent-based learning. Um, <clears throat> a lot of my day as a Montessori teacher is spent 
just monitoring them, not mm-hmm. really interrupting their process. Um, Lord of the Fly style. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stepping back. But yeah, seeing what happens. Which one is the, uh, seeing yeah. what happens. Um, but no, like we don't really want to interrupt their process because they could be in the middle of a breakthrough. You yeah. know, these are some smart kids that I've worked with and it surprises me all the time. And, yeah. you know, everybody knows kids are sponges and they're so smart, but it surprises me all the time. Some of the stuff they say, I'm like, whoa, you're really watching me. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's ingenious. The, the Montessori method, I feel, I mean, like maybe it's not perfected, but yeah. the, the approach just seems so much more. I would never send my kid to Montessori. Oh, what? Never, ever. It seems so much more. But it's not personal. Also the other one, what's it called? Democrati or whatever. The Democrat and there's another one. Here yeah, in he, Israel, he, he, he uh, um, something philosophical. What's it? Montessori's are amazing. We're just mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Space <laughs> to learn. Space to imagine. Anthroposophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that in the states? Probably. I don't know. So yeah, why am I saying yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like an old school. Old school. You want them to sit in class with a pencil at their desk and like write. Like oh, what's working? Regurgitate no, he wants like the Soviet like... teacher with like the the, the the meter stick, like slapping their hands. That's what he wants. But in the end of the day, though, Francis, I wonder how much all the Alia experience, the conversion, how much? I mean, you seem and you are obviously so strong and and positive, but I wonder how much of a scar is left from all of that, and maybe anger. Can, about Israel and, and the Jewish community in general? Mm, it did hurt my feelings. You know, reject, rejection always hurts. You know, that's not fun. But I can tell and I, I know from a lot of the support that I've gotten, it's not even a majority of people who feel that way, at least not in my case. Um, I would like it. If I didn't have to be extraordinary in order to participate in something, I would like to just be Francis and like breathe and live and like have a regular gig. And it shouldn't be, oh, well, maybe we'll think about allowing you to make Aliyah because you worked at the White House. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. There are a lot of people with brilliant stories and lives and minds who could contribute to Israel that aren't getting the platform that I've had over the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm not angry with anyone, especially not with a Jewish people. Um, That'd be counterproductive. I'm disappointed in the process because it seems like there's, I don't know, this... But people made that process. Yeah. People decided that if you can't, uh, that you can't make Aliyah. People like to have power. (laughs) I don't know, like there's this grip on... There was just this story right now about a rabbi yeah. who was arrested for for holding a non-institutional like wedding, non-orthodox wedding, non-orthodox yeah. wedding, and Th- it's just this morning. Sometimes we get the feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of scary because in Israel, what people maybe don't realize is in Israel you have two courts. Mm-hmm. You have right. the civil court, which is like in America, let's say, mm-hmm. and the rabbinical, the religious, court. the religious court, and they are they have equal powers sometimes. Mm. sometimes yeah. they both can divorce 
yeah, divorce is only in the power of the mm -hmm. religious court. But for example, uh, the religious court can file uh, subpoenas and have the police arrest you, like what happened to the rabbi. And that's just crazy. It's like, the power. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, I think that there are much bigger fish to fry in Israel and abroad than who's marrying who. Like, yeah. I, it's just unbelievable. And that really makes me think that there's, there's something else that I don't want to put my finger on. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it, it's an uphill battle. What, what would you have done? Would you, in your opinion, Israel should accept all the people who converted <coughs> regardless of the circumstances and how they did it? Yes and no. And I hate those answers. But... <laughs> I will say I want Israel to remain majority Jewish. I want Israel to keep its authentic identity that everyone knows about it and loves about it. But there's there's a line like where do you draw that line of are people converting because they just need a way to get to Israel because, you know, maybe they're having issues in their home country or something like that. And then there's people who genuinely are converts to Judaism and they want to make Israel their home. Um, but when you're doing that, it's a case of who's watching the watchers, mm -hmm. who's watching and keeping the people accountable in power who are making those decisions. That's a really, really hard thing to do. I don't, I don't know. It's a big uh, issue. Because I know that they take it case by case, but there's something that tells me deep down that they kind of get a kick out of having all that power there's not one way to be jewish there's so many jews around the world like everybody knows that but i feel like especially with jews of color like we only get taken into account when there's a conversation of diversity happening but if it's not a conversation of diversity happening if it's just like talking about american jewelry or something like that no one hears us. And to be honest, we could use all that we could get. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Why are we How so do you picky? Not want right. everybody in the pot like that you yeah, can get. Yeah. Like, right. We right. could be a big team. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, the Vietnamese. No, no. But I like their food. <laughs> yeah. okay. Jew, uh, Vietnamese Jewish come, food. Would come be here, Vietnamese. I've, I'll met, have you. I've met. I've met a lot of people. You just can't assume. You can't assume. I've met so many people from so many different backgrounds. I'm like, yeah. what? Jewish yeah. high five yeah <laughs> and some people go Hamza, meet Hamza. me and they're like oh you're the first black Jewish person I met and I'm like but how would you know you probably met them many times before but you know unless right. they're wearing some kind of marker or necklace or something or having a conversation with you there's no way you could tell um, yeah yeah so it's just weird I'm like I can I can tell like I, I try to reach out. Like when people see my necklace, I always wear my Star David necklace. I'm not wearing it now, but yeah. <laughs> I I like finding other Jews just at Starbucks or wherever I'm going. I love it. It's a nice sport. Yeah. If you're Jewish, come say hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. apropos, um, 
how do people how can people reach out do you have twitter or instagram or anything I, like that i'm i do not like social media okay. however <laughs> i have a facebook because of the tama experience i want to be able to stay connected i have added a lot of friends but with my facebook i think maybe i should open up because i'm getting a lot of messages they're like i can't add you <laughs> i read your news article and i can't add you so i'm gonna have to open it up um or open a page. Wait, what do you mean? Page. What do you mean by the... Yeah, because, like, I have my personal Facebook, and I had, like, 130 friends on it, like, with people that I actually knew. And then, like, since having this platform, thank God, the last few weeks, I mean, I'm glad to have it, but I've added a lot of people, and I'm like, I don't ah, know you're what saying to do. randos kind of reaching out, like weirdos? Not weirdos, but just people giving support, or people that are like, hey, be my girlfriend. <laughs> There's a lot in weirdos. between. <laughs> so I'm like, do I start a page? Like, I'm not that big of people a People are like, hey, want to come on our podcast? Like, oh, <laughs> That's the worst. I was like, let me add them. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I should just open it up because I'm really, I'm not a big deal. I'm just living my life. Like, it wasn't this master plan of, oh, I'm going to go to Israel and, like, get famous off of teaching. Like, it was not that serious. I've always just been like, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to plan to make sure that I can do that. And then it became, like, this amazing, inspiring story for some people, and I'm glad. Um, so but, yeah, just message me. Right. If you're not me. a weirdo, yeah. Francis Wilson on Facebook. Yes. You keep doing you, Francis. We're really happy that you could join us. I'm so Thank honored. you so much. Thank you. And uh, our apologies to our Mormon listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and our Vietnamese. Yes. You, but you offended not the, a lot of people. But this not podcast. to the Scientologists. Not to the, <laughs> no apologies there. Hey, don't get our lights cut off. We don't know what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Before we go, yes. we have a uh, partnership with the Jewish Journal. Check them out, jewishjournal.com. There's a lot of good content on there. Um, Dan, oh, Ben Shapiro writes for them. David Suisa. Check them out, guys. Ellie Fink. Ellie Fink. And? And uh, we accept donations. We do, indeed. And that's a good opportunity to thank all those who donated us, to us lately. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. And so if you want to join the masses, then go to 2NGB.com slash donate and give us literally all your money. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or at least half of it. If you're Bill Gates, we'll, we'll take half. We'll take half. So that's it. Francis, thank you so much. You so Enjoy much. your stay here thank in Mitzperamon. Thank you. And wear some sunscreen because the sun there yes, is I crazy. Yes, I need it. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.